All right, it is a new week, and uh, we are continuing our exploration here of First Peter. We're pressing on, pressing through. We are into chapter four, and uh, yeah. So before we dive in, want to again reiterate how grateful I am for you, how thankful I am for you and uh, your leadership within our community. Uh, Truly, truly cannot thank you enough for all that you guys do. So let me pray, and then we will dive on in here. Heavenly Father, as we spend some time in the scriptures, pray that uh, this would be beneficial and helpful as we seek to lead others uh, in this passage. So help it change us so that we might be able to communicate it in such a way uh, that others will be impacted as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We are in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 this week. Uh, and it goes like this. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves Also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. All right, so... Uh, what are we doing with this passage? Well, uh, fallen condition focus, I think, uh, is something along the lines uh, of we struggle with a dissonance from the voices that call us to live self-centered lives, but Christ calls us to live a life that is not rooted in self-centeredness, but one of love. And uh, so, uh, message, big idea, uh you know, we want to try to see through Christ's eyes. We want to try to have this like-minded or uh, same attitude uh, kind of thing here that we see uh, in in First Peter four one through eleven. So uh, obviously, we have uh, you know a therefore here in chapter four uh, verse one. So when you get the therefore, you ask, "What's the therefore?" Therefore, right? So what what is it? What is it there for? What's it connecting us back to? And uh, in this case, we can see that 
the therefore is drawing us back into verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So this this is what it's, it's drawn us back to. We also need to realize and remember that, it, you know, the previous passage was calling the people there to be like-minded. And so all of this is 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 a callback. And so while he tells, you know, the folks to be like-minded with one another, here now he takes it a step further and says they ought to have the same attitude of Christ. This is another way of kind of talking about uh, being like-minded, having the mind of Christ, having the same attitude of Christ. Christ, once again, is identified as one who has suffered in the body, but then by doing so is able to live in the spirit. So Peter is calling people to look beyond the moment into something beyond themselves. He wants them to have this bigger understanding, comprehension, image, picture, uh, awareness of of, of reality. He wants them to see that reality uh, is bigger than just the material world. That material, that materialism is, 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 is empty, so to speak. And uh, so some, some might call this, uh, you know, th- this, this thing is becoming aware of the awareness, right? That's uh, kind of the Rob Bell uh, talked about this and his, in a very recent podcast that he did, uh, but this idea of just kind of being aware that even as we are aware of our immediate moment, our immediate selves, uh, we're aware of that awareness. And so there's something even outside that. So just trying to uh, draw us out. Uh, Peter here is trying to draw us out of the material. He's trying to draw us out of being caught up really in our ego, being caught up in the moment, just the moment, and uh, to see that there is so much more in in reality. Uh, so another way of saying this would be, you know, living with an eternal perspective, right? This this might be kind of the um, you know the evangelical safe way of saying this. Um, have have an eternal perspective. Have a have this bigger, broader perspective that says eternity. Eternity is so much bigger than right now. Eternity includes now, right? Uh, if if there is if there you know as we think about eternity, eternity is is the past. Eternity is the future, and eternity is the now. We are living in the midst of eternity right here, right now. And, uh, and so that, that is something that, that we need to really come to, come to grips with. Um, and this is, this is what Peter is, is really calling them to. Uh, so there is, there is this reality beyond our senses. This is what living for the will of God is uh, and, and what he's laying out here. Now, this, how do you live for the will of God? He really lays that out in more detail uh, in verses 7 through 11. Now, as we look at verses 3 through 6, uh, this whole thing of, you know, you've spent, enough, um, you've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable idolatry, all, the, all this bad stuff. Um, 
along with, you know, they're going to heap abuse on you. Uh, you know, what Peter is reminding them of is that if you choose to live life beyond the material world, if you want to live with the attitude of Christ or live the will of God, you are going to come in conflict with those who are not living that way. They, they, will, they will challenge you. They will think you're crazy. Uh, they'll think we're out of our minds. They may even heap abuse on us. Uh, now, again, we have to be sure that we understand that this doesn't mean that we're walking around wagging our fingers at people or being holier-than-thou jerks. No, we are to be living with gentleness and respect. It's, it's just that as you look beyond the veil, as you look past uh, you know, the, the material and you begin to see uh, the emptiness of it, right? Uh, and you want to live, you want to live for something more. You want to live deeper. You want to love more broadly. This kind of attitude, this kind of struggle, the 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 the, the folks that are going to look at us sideways may not necessarily be the really bad, you know, this kind of bad people here uh, that that Peter lays out. Uh, you know, people who. You know, he talks about living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, that kind of thing. Um, he, it may, it may be even be people who are, you know, very religious, right? Because they can, they can be caught up in living just for the material world, just for uh, this kind of outward sense of reality. Um. You know, we see that in Colossians chapter two, where Paul talks about, you know, don't don't give in any longer to this, um, you know, to this kind of infantile religion of do not taste, do not touch, do not handle. When when you begin to see the deeper reality, the the when you begin to look beyond and live with the attitude of Christ, then your life is going to begin to look more like Christ's. Uh, and this was a guy, remember, who hung out with the quote-unquote sinners. This was the guy who drank enough wine that people were like, he's a drunk. Uh, he ate enough at parties that people were like, he's a glutton. Uh, so this, uh, you know, we, we, move, we move past it. And so you're going, you, you may face hardship is what he's saying. When you don't live in the way of the world, when you're no longer simply just pursuing power control, when you're no longer uh, living in the way of the world around you, when you are beginning to live with the attitude of Christ, you may, you may uh, receive abuse. You may, uh, you, you know, you, you may be told that you're crazy, that you've lost it, that you're, that you're missing, uh, that you're missing out on something when the reality is you're, you're seeing behind the veil and you're seeing greater meaning, greater purpose, greater vision, a deeper understanding of reality. Uh, so, so in this, you know, again, we're, we're to be living with gentleness and respect. We don't need to seek vengeance. We don't have to repay evil with evil because eventually what this same passage verses three through six tell us is that, uh, you know, they're going to have to give an answer for their actions. There will be justice. 
We can rest in the reality that justice will be done. Uh, we can trust in this because Christ has reconciled all things, right? I mean, it, it is this, verse 5, they will have to give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. Who's the him? The him is, is Christ. Now, for this reason, verse 6, the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead so that they can be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. So so even in that, there is there is such... There is such great grace. So even in the justice that we want to see happen, there is overwhelming grace that comes from Christ. And so we we can rest in the reality of the grace that has been extended to us, but we also don't need to be the ones that bring justice or judgment because we can trust we can trust that God is going to do that through Christ. Um, and judge justice will be done. Um and uh, so, so we simply have a responsibility to live from a place of joy and grace, recognizing the glorious depths of reality. I want you to think about that for a minute. The, the depths of reality is the recognition that reality is overflowing with joy and grace. So if we can live that way, <laughs> man, it, it frees us and and it changes it changes the way that we engage and interact with everybody around us, because we don't we we just don't have to be uh, the person who is trying to make everything right, who is trying to fix everything. We are able to trust that Christ will do that, that God will do that through Christ, and we get to simply be agents of grace and joy in the world. That's how we get to live. That is what we are freed to live because we are able to live according to God in regard to the spirit, which is which is an absolutely fantastic thing. So so verses 1 through 6, you know, really are kind of encouraging us, pointing us to this reality of living life in the spirit living life beyond the veil of the material, living this non-dualistic life, living a life of spirit, of, of the material, of, of all, all of it tied together, all of it connected. Uh, this, is, this is really what he's, what he's pushing us towards because that is how Christ lived. Christ lived uh, in this you know, in a non-dualistic way, Christ lived in this in this reality of grace and joy. He lived in this reality of um, uh, where where vengeance, where retribution, uh, were not the end goals, but justice and reconciliation were the end goals. And uh, and we see we begin to see that that happen now. If you have life in the spirit. Uh, I'd argue that verses 7 through 11 are life lived in the body. So 1 through 6, life lived in the spirit. 7, 11, 7 through 11, life lived in the body. Uh, now, what, is, what does that mean? You know, I, I love the wordplay here of life lived in the body uh, because it is, it's, 7 through 11 is telling us, it's pointing us to how do we live, how do we live out life in the spirit in the here and now? How do we walk around uh, in in the bodies that God has given us, uh, and and live out this life in the spirit. Um, 
But not only that, it's life in the body, the body of Christ, in with regards to one another in this community of of people that we find ourselves. So how do we how do we live this out? What does it mean to live the will of God? When we struggle and suffer, Peter argues we find life. So what does it look like to live this resurrection life in the body? Christianity again is not dualistic. The physical is not set aside for the spiritual or vice versa. We begin with a command to pray. Right, So here he says, verse 7, Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Peter is deeply concerned about prayer. He does not want anything to hinder our prayer. He doesn't want anything to come between uh, us and the divine, us and God. Uh, And so uh, he says, hey, you know, to pray... If you're going to stay connected to the spiritual realm, you must pray. But doing so demands alertness and a sober mind. Now, we shouldn't be surprised he says this. I mean, think about who's writing this. It, it's, it's Peter. He's the guy who, on the Mount of Olives, when Jesus says, hey, will you come pray with me? He, he, fell, he falls asleep. Peter knows how hard it is to stay alert and to keep his head uh, in these in these hard times uh, when you're commanded to pray. So uh, the sober mind uh, idea here uh, is is where you control your thoughts, right? Uh, so it's be alert, pay attention, and then control your thoughts, which if you've tried to, you know, if you're like me, praying is really hard. Meditating is really hard because my thoughts go everywhere. Uh, I, I, I have a very difficult time focusing uh, for, for any length of time. And uh, so he says, yeah, you need to control your thoughts, right? It's be alert and control your thoughts. The next command that we have here is love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, there is no pulling of punches by Peter, right? There will be sin conflict and hurt with one another. That is inherent in what he says there. It's just part of it. If you're going to live life in community, you are going to be sinned against. You are going to face conflict. You are going to be hurt. And the options are isolation, draw back, hide, no longer engage, or to love deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. This, you know, when we love one another deeply and we cover those sins, we are able to move into reconciliation and restoration. Now, to be sure, not all sins, not all things that happen against us, things of abuse, um, for instance, are going to result in reconciliation and restoration. That like you're, you know, being safe um, is, you know, so that you're not unnecessarily wounded and hurt. Um, right? That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking, you know. It's, it's Peter here is not talking about the kind of sin that happens in abuse. And for some reason, every time we have this com- a conversation about 
you know, love covering a multitude of sins or uh, what does it look, you know, we start talking about forgiveness. Everybody goes to the extreme of, well, what about the really bad thing, right? The, the really bad things happen and we have to move in a place of safety. This does not mean that everything results in reconciliation and restoration, but the vast majority of the sin, the struggle that we are going to face in community with one another are the little things, the little things that, oh, that's just so-and-so being so-and-so. Well, eventually that just that hurts, that wounds, that, uh, that moves past just joking around and kidding and, and having fun into something deeper that, that really, really hurts. So, uh, so then the question is, okay, how, how do we live this out? How do we love each other deeply? And he gives us two things. First, hospitality, right? He says, um, he says, uh, you know, that, that we should, uh, practice hospitality, um, offer hus- in verse nine. Offer hospitality to to one another without grumbling. This is a generalization. This is something that we just do as followers of Jesus. We practice hospitality. We open our homes. We invite others in. It is it is just part and parcel of being a follower of Jesus, and we do so without grumbling. Um. So this is a generalist command, right? This kind of falls in line with make disciples. This falls in line with love one another. Uh, but this is the development of love one another. How do we do it practically speaking? One way is by practicing hospitality. Uh, the second way is using our gifts and service of others, using those things that uh, that kind of make us who we are, right? Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The gifts that we have, the ways that we have been wired, uh, this is God's grace to us, and us extending that and serving others uh, is the demonstration of God's grace to the body, to the broader community. And so we are to use those things in service of others, not in service of ourselves, not to make ourselves wealthy, not to lord it over others, not to put ourselves in a place of power over, but as a but as a means by which to serve the body. And so then he gives these examples, right? If anyone speaks, do so as one who speaks the very words of God. <laughs> that's 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 a challenging thing. That's an eye opener. That that's super uncomfortable uh, as someone who speaks. To think that when I speak, I need to remember that I speak as one who speaks the very words of God, not as a haughty kind of thing, not as a pride thing, not as a power over thing, but with deep humility and deep reverence for the fact that my words, when I talk, carry so much weight. So no matter what I'm talking about, I have to be aware of this reality. Um, Anyone who serves should do so with the strength God provides. So in all things, God may be praised uh, through through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So it is, you know, however it is that you serve, I mean, you you do so... uh, you do so as a faithful steward. You may be someone who prays. 
pray faithfully. You may be someone who gives. Give faithfully. You may be someone uh, who connects uh, people. Connect people faithfully. Uh, you, you may be someone who loves to set up chairs, whatever it might be. Do so faithfully. Um, and do so for the sake of, of others. Uh, this is this is what it looks like for us to love one another deeply. So, uh, this is the passage. This is what we're looking at here this week. I hope this is helpful. Uh, if you want to engage more deeply on this, please let me know, and we can. Uh, you know how to reach out to me. You know how to how to get to me. Uh, so. I don't hesitate, and and let's let's talk further. I hope this is helpful. If there's anything that needs to be in in this type of podcast uh, that would be helpful for you for Sundays, please let me know, and I will I will tweak and add, and and we'll go from there. Um, but until next time, love well, my friends. <laughs>